0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. He just formed a fucking wall! O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! This He's down four, 12-8, 7-38. the first goal. Oh, yes. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Captain countdown, baby, and a foul! Reggie inside for Andre, and a
1: dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, all here with you. Ryan and I together, Aaron joining us on the phone lines. And guys, the Pistons have won five out of six. They seem to be playing decent basketball, but they are really approaching what we referred to during the offseason and even into last week, this real hellish part of of the schedule and Ryan I'll start with you as you're here in our Palace of Pistons studios if you will but uh big game tonight first the Bulls a big schedule coming ahead but let's look back at the last five
2: out of six the Pistons are playing pretty well and to get to 11 and seven that's not a bad mark no not bad at all um it's good to see that they're playing some good ball again especially in a game against such as the Knicks uh, not even their best performance, but they still handled the Knicks pretty well. So it's good to see they're coming together, uh, beating teams they should beat and take care of. So I'm not mad at it. It's good to see uh, this game against the Bulls tonight. They need to take this because, like you said, they're approaching the hell portion of the schedule. It's uh, This is definitely a game they can't drop. This is one they've got to take for sure. This is one that's got to be put in the W column. No doubt about it. What, Aaron? Guys,
0: the Pistons, they won an OT basketball game. They haven't done that this year until the 23rd. They beat the Rockets in overtime, 116-111. Was watching that game, I don't know about you guys, but that game, that was definitely one of the best games I've watched this season The between just the way the Pistons played and the way they finished that game. Blake Griffin, just an absolute dominant player. Uh, there, there's no question that he means so much to this team. And that game against the Rockets, just going – back and forth with with James Harden, it just showed that this is the most elite player Detroit has had in such a long time. And for that team to go out and get that win after losing to them by two points at home just a few days before that, uh, just an absolute great win for a team. You look at that they're five and six in their last six games. You know, if they could have gotten one or two more baskets to go against the Rockets in the game on the 21st, they could be six for six in their last six games. So, this is a team that has definitely found a rhythm. You know, they've beaten the Rockets, they've beaten the Raptors, and then they have some wins against teams that they should beat in the Cavaliers and Suns, and the Knicks were a pesky team. You look at those Suns and Knicks games, I think, I think a lot of people looked at those sort of as trap games for Detroit, and, and for, for a little bit of a time in those games, they were. It looked like Detroit could potentially drop them, but they were able to pull through in both those games. And the offense has uh, certainly found a rhythm, They've scored 113 points or more in their last five games. Uh, you would like their defense to be a little bit better, but it's it's doing manageable. Um, but they're treading in the right direction, and it's only going to have they're only going to have to play better because after tonight's game against the Bulls, their schedule just turns <laughs> to absolute hell, and they're going to have to really go out there and and shock us with the way that they play in order to stay in playoff contention.
1: Well, something I think that's. You know, Kind of interesting, as we look back to that Rockets game, it was the second of the home-and-home, home, uh, back-to-back with the day of rest in between, but that was a game that I thought was really a death trap for the Pistons, I thought it could start a down spiral, a game where you went, you gave it your all on the road in Houston, and Aaron, they came home. They found a way, they got to overtime, and they finished the deal, and it was really impressive to watch this team pull out that overtime victory.
0: Well, they stayed composed, and that's something that in previous overtimes this season Detroit hasn't done. You know, that team went out there, and they didn't fault their late, which was, was really, which was really encouraging to see. Blake Griffin, he led the way, does it every game, 28 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Andre at 23-20, and, and Reggie Jackson had a very nice game, especially down the stretch. He had 22 points and six assists. One of his better showings on the season, the got Glenn Robinson, who played well in limited minutes. Um, and, and for a team that didn't get a lot of production off their bench in that game, it was nice for them to go out there and finish that. And they were led by their big three in that one, which has always somewhat been the idea for this team since they've been been created between Griffin Drummond and Jackson uh, but we know Jackson hasn't been as as good as we'd all like him to be this season and you'd have you had to get different production from guys like uh, Reggie Jack or, me, Reggie Bullock, Glenn Robinson the third team and Johnson Ischmidt, Lincoln, Galloway, Galway Peter Jackson's been somewhat inconsistent this year and Blake may, has had one or two games where he hasn't been able to do what he, he's usually able to do and Andre's had his nights where he isn't as effective as he usually is so for, for one night to get all three of those guys to produce the way that they did, it was really good to see. And it couldn't have happened against a better time because they were playing a Rockets team. Basketball. Clint Capella had a career night with 29 points. James Harden had 33. Chris Paul had 29. So it's not like Houston was playing out or whatever. They had a better team at full strength and were playing good basketball. And Detroit just out basketball time, And that was awesome to watch.
1: Well, you kind of look at it. And um, the, you, you kind of made a real good point right at the end there, Aaron. They just out-basketballed them, if you will. They just played better basketball. It's been a long time since we've Man, had that year When's, in when's the last shit. time we've
2: been able to say that about when the Pistons go up against a good team, someone the league considers legit, and the Detroit just out-basketballs them? That's fun. I'm having fun. I'm glad that's back. Hopefully this team makes it through uh, this hell week or this hell week, this hell month alive because they are playing good, some good ball right now and we need to see it continue. You
1: know, there's a problem, guys, right now with the Pistons, though, and
2: Aaron, you alluded
1: to it. Reggie Jackson has been mighty inconsistent, and that's a problem. That's that's not good for this basketball team, and they've got to find a way to fix that, if you will. So... Um, Aaron, you were talking a little bit before we went on the air here with the pod. You talk about the inefficiency, the poor shooting percentage, the turnovers, the non-clutch factor that maybe Reggie once had, if you will. There's a uh, there's a lot of issues right now with the play of Reggie Jackson. And, you know, how about you just kind of walk us through your thoughts on that whole situation?
0: Well, I think Reggie Jackson is a fine player. I, I think he... He brings a lot to this Detroit team when he is able to play well, but he's just been way too inconsistent this season. He is—he may be finding his form in a little bit of a way because he had that nice game against the Rockets and he played pretty well against the Knicks on the twenty-seventh. But you look back at that game last Sunday against the Suns. What's been feeding him the ball the entire game? As the Suns double down on Griffin, Reggie Jackson was getting open three-point opportunity after open three-point opportunity, and he was only able to make four out of 15 attempts. He shot six of 20 on the game, and you just can't have that. This shooting has been a problem all year. From the three-point line, he's shooting just 31% on over six attempts per game. He's averaging 16 points. His assists are down. His rebounds are down. His efficiency is down all across the board. He has to be better. He has to be. Because Detroit needs more out of him as their third option. Reggie Jackson can be a good point guard. And I think he can be a better player for this team than he has a player overall in the NBA because of the fit he has alongside Andre Drummond. We know that that duo works, can very much so succeed, and, and can be a problem for this league to face. Jackson may not be as good of a player as he is a a fit alongside Andre Drummond, and that maximizes Jackson's ability and Drummond's ability, but when he's getting these spot-up shooting opportunities, he's got to be able to knock those shots down. He has to be a little bit more consistent. He has to be a lot more consistent, really. He's put together a couple couple good games recently, like I mentioned, two two out of his last three games have been pretty darn good. So hopefully he's trending in the right direction. But especially when we talk about the month ahead for Detroit. They need all hands on back, and Jackson, his, he, his hands are important. He, he needs
2: to step it up. No, you just you hit on it right there, Aaron. Um, a lot of teams are going to be doubling Blake when he gets close to the basket, and a lot of times they're sending Reggie Jackson's man because that's who they're playing the two-man game with. So a lot of opportunities are going to be there for Reggie Jackson. He does need to be more consistent because that's just going to add So much. That just adds another dimension to this team. If there's a consistent Reggie Jackson, it's going to open up more for Blake, and it's going to open up more for Andre as well. If Reggie can be more consistent, because the looks are going to be there for them, teams are willing to let Reggie Jackson beat them and not Blake Griffin right now. Reggie Jackson needs to step up. And that's a problem because Reggie Jackson cannot beat them. He just can't do it. He hasn't been able to even conceivably do it since 2015. If he's more consistent, like Aaron's alluding to, then they're going to soften their coverage up on Blake, and that's going to open up more for the team. So, like Aaron said, he's been trending in the right direction two of the last three games. We need to see it keep up. So we kind of look back, so we talk about that Houston game, and then Aaron,
1: you really mentioned there were a couple games that, well, the Pistons should win in that five out of six. And when we potted last week, and... Uh, we talked about the Cleveland win and things like that. But, you know, the win over the Knicks is good. A game where they didn't play fantastic, but they just found a way to win versus a team that played less good. And then there's a game versus the Suns that they ended up winning by 11 but really controlled the tempo throughout. Um, but, you know, a, another thing that's kind of important when you look at that, Aaron, those are some games that may be in the Pistons past. They'd slip up in one of those you know those sure you know games that you should win, they drop one. They drop that game to the Knicks, or they drop that game to the Suns. You know that fourth quarter comeback by the Knicks, or whatever, would uh would be enough to force a Pistons loss. That's something that has changed this year. That's really really great to see. And you
0: want to know why it's changed? Why? Because Blake Griffin is in Detroit.
2: Oh, no, I completely agree with Aaron. The Detroit finally has a leader.
0: Let up. Blake Griffin's never going to let that team lead up let-up. The way he goes out on that court and the way you just watch him in between plays, just kind of talk to his team, and, and he, he, he's, such a, he's such a leader. It, it's, so, it's so refreshing to see someone that is talking to the guys, talking to his teammates, is rooting them on, is teaching them throughout the game. He's not going to let the team let up. It's not going to be. It's never going to be like it was under Stan Van Gundy. and uh, This is a team that goes out, and whether they're playing the best game or not, they're going to go out and fight every night. And I think that's because of Blake Griffin, and I th- also think it's because of the way Dwayne Casey coaches this team. Last year, Stan Van Gundy had times, but there were games where the team just tended to give up in, in certain games, and that was pretty apparent. But this season, we haven't seen that once. And it's because Dwayne Casey's a different coach that players really like to play for. And it's because Blake Griffin is here, and he's not, he's not taking shit from anyone. Because Blake Griffin has is, is, is been one of the best players in the league this season. So his team better be smart and listen to him.
2: No, Aaron, you hit it right on the head. This team finally has a leader. We've gone, I don't know, maybe 10 years without a true leader on this team. It's been a long time. I mean, the last true leader was what, Chauncey Billups? Probably. I mean... I can't think of one in the last 10-year stretch who really held the team accountable. God, like Charlie Villanueva? Come on now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Blake Griffin. <laughs> Jesus, Charlie V. E. Uh, um, no, Blake Griffin, I've lost my train it was of thought. Greg Monroe. That's yeah. who you were thinking of. Uh, he's really got this, just on lock, he's the leader. He's someone everyone can look to. He's that wily veteran, that superstar veteran. And he just keeps everyone accountable, like Aaron said. And it's good to see. Maybe now, dude, it's been every Pistons fan complaint for the last decade. Is they lose. Even when the team does seem a little more talented, they're losing games they have no business losing. Or a team like the Knicks game. The Knicks were awful. I mean, their offense looked like they were in 5th and 6th grade, the way they were shooting. And yet, they were still kind of in the game because the Pistons didn't have their best performance. In the past, like we've said, that would have been a game that somehow the Knicks came back and won. But not this year. This year's different. We keep alluding to it. Blake Griffin's a freaking hell of a leader. He's on these guys. Dwayne Casey's a great coach. He's not letting these guys fall apart. It's good to see. I don't know. It makes me happy. I just want this to keep going. I don't want to lose this. This is a great feeling to have this kind of excitement over Pistons basketball again. So,
1: it's kind of interesting. You talk about that excitement over Pistons basketball, and you look at this team. They sit at the four seed in the East. They're second in the Central, 11-7 and seven overall. And I, I want, you know, 18 games into the season. Are you happy with where the Pistons are at currently? Are you happy with that? Are you happy with 11-7? and seven? Are you happy with them being a four seed? Because, I mean, you look at teams like Toronto, and I don't know if I see the Pistons ever overcoming Toronto in a playoff series, but they're forcing. That may be the maximum they get. We talked about this in the summer, and we said it's championship or bust. But as you enjoy this excitement, and as you enjoy the Pistons winning some of these games in the past few years, they have not. Are you buying in at all to this good, but will probably never win a championship-caliber team. Aaron?
0: I think that's true. we have 13 sportsmen wins already this season, you go back to the games that they've lost, you look at the loss of the Hornets, you, you definitely look at that one against the Nets where they lost 120 to 119 in overtime, where Spencer Dinwiddie killed them. I think you could have stolen one from Boston when they weren't playing their best basketball. You have a loss to Miami on the schedule. I think there were some games that Detroit could have won out of those. Uh, I think they could have a few more wins. But for integrating a a new coach, a new system, uh, some new roster pieces, to be 11-7 with wins against the Raptors, with wins against the Rockets, uh, you'll take it. You know, you have a win against the 76ers. You'll take it because they've won some games against some teams that are probably better than them, and they've lost some games to some teams that are worse than them. So you'll take where Detroit's at right now. But I think you would have liked Detroit to maybe win a few more games here because, again, as we keep talking about, December is going to be terrible for Detroit. So you would have really like them to get as good of a start as possible because of what's a, what it's about to be for the Pistons. You no,
2: know, once again, Aaron, I mean, we're not really dissenting much on this pod at all. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head early in the year and up to this point. They've kind of been in that norming phase, trying to find everyone's role. I mean, you look at the emergence of Langston Galloway, that wasn't something we had last year. So that's new to the team. And, of course, it's a positive, but it's something that had to be worked out. You look at Stanley Johnson, his struggles early on in the starting lineup, moving him to the bench has helped the team, has helped him. Um, so it's just, I mean, the loss of Luke Kennard, that hurt the team for a minute. The struggles of Reggie Bullock early on. Now he's coming into it his own a little more. its uh, It was those early season struggles they had to get through, the norming, finding out everyone's role, everyone accepting their role on the team. Um, so, yeah. They definitely. I feel like they should have a little bit of a better record, but I'm not terribly mad at where they're at. They're the four seed, like you said, second in the central. Uh, it's, a, it's a decent start. It's a solid start. Hopefully they survive this hell month that's coming up.
0: Just wanted to give a public, inser- public service announcement here. Luke Kennard, yeah, we've missed him for a bit with an injury, but he's back in action tonight. Not with the Pistons. He's going to be down in Grand Rapids with the Grand Rapids drive. Uh, they play tonight in Grand Rapids. House of Pistons will be sending our, one of our reporters to the game, so definitely keep an eye out for that. If you want to watch Luke Kennard, I believe G League still streams on Facebook Live, uh, so you can watch him there. We'll have coverage of the game. We'll have post-game comments from Kennard. We'll have a story, hopefully. Uh, so we'll have coverage of Kennard's return to action tonight. Again, it's with the Grand Rapids Drive, not with the Detroit Pistons, but uh, Detroit should be getting some reinforcements soon in the shape of Luke Kennard, and I think that could potentially be big for Detroit because, and I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, I think Luke Kennard's coming for that starting spot just with the way Detroit's played. Uh, they need more outside shooting, and I think Kennard has the ability to steal it from either uh, Reggie Bullock or Glenn Robinson third. Depending on whoever's playing, worse at the point, I think by the time Kennard comes back, he gets a few games under his belt, I think he's pushing for that starting spot because Detroit needs shooting more than anything right now, and we know Kennard can do that.
2: Oh no! Absolutely. Uh, once again, Aaron, I agree. And uh, as we can see, we can already tell uh, Dwayne Casey's not completely sold on Glenn Robinson the third. He starts him, plays him for five six minutes. We don't see him the rest of the half. Start him at the beginning of the third quarter, plays his six seven minutes. We don't really see him much the rest of the game. So that tells me that Dwayne Casey's not exactly sold on Glenn Robinson. And if Reggie Bullock can't fully pull it together, and Luke Kennard starts putting it into rhythm. He could be the one who's out of the starting lineup. I completely agree. Luke Luke Kennard's definitely coming for that starting spot.
1: It'd be great to get Luke back, and it'll be nice if we can get him back early in this December stretch. But as we look at this hellish month that we've referred to ahead, and you talk about just a gauntlet of a schedule, when you look up and down throughout the month of December, it starts with Golden State on Saturday. They've got OKC, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, Minnesota, Indiana, Memphis, Utah. I guess Utah and Memphis are in January. Sorry. But still, just a gauntlet. You take it through January 9th. You've got the Lakers, the Spurs, Utah, Memphis, Milwaukee multiple times, Indiana, Uh, Minnesota, Philadelphia multiple times Golden State, OKC It's just a lot of tough, tough games For these Detroit Pistons And Aaron, we are going to learn a lot About this Pistons basketball team Between tonight and January 9th
0: Yeah, and the thing is with this I don't think we should be expecting Detroit to you know, wow us. I don't think we should be expecting them to be above 500 coming out of this month. Uh, just off of this this month alone. Like, I don't think they're going to have a, a an above 500 record in the month of December. I think what they have to do is they have to go out and beat the teams that they're either better than or they're relatively close to. Now, when you talk about relatively close to your teams, you look at the Pelicans. You look at the Wizards. You look at the Pacers. Uh, those are some of the games that Detroit just kind of has to win. And then you look at Atlanta. You got the Hornets twice. You need to beat the Hornets. You want to you want to compete with the Bucs. You got the Bucks twice. You'd like to take one or two from the Bucks. Uh, and if we are talking about into that January that you talked about, they have the Bucks three times. They have the they have the Bucks on the fifth of December, the seventeenth of December, and the first of January. So you'd like to win one or two against Milwaukee, even though they played pretty good basketball. It seems like they're coming down to earth somewhat just a bit. You want to steal one from the Sixers. Um, you, you just got to find a way to be around five hundred. Hopefully, hopefully, you know when you look at the schedule and, and we look at the way Detroit's played recently, you think that they could be a five hundred ball club in the month of December. Um, but it'll be a testament to, to how strong, willed this team is, and it'll be a testament and it'll be a testament to see that if the Casey can get this team to to stand up after getting knocked down a few times when when they face these tougher teams like the Warriors, like the Sixers, like the uh, like this, uh, Celtics. So can they come back up after getting knocked down and in such a tough month? It's going to be a long and grueling month for these players. Just on the court, travel-wise, uh, it's going to be tough on them physically and mentally. And can Dwayne Casey, can Blake Griffin, and can the team itself just come together and power through this month and play respectable basketball?
2: Just don't drown. I think that... It's kind of what Aaron was getting at, and I think that's kind of what our expectation as fans Mm -hmm. should be. They're not going to be world beaters. Just don't don't drown. You just got to stay afloat, man. Stay afloat, get through this month and some change, and then you can get back on those winning ways of really proving yourself as a four seed in this Eastern Conference. Just don't drown. I think a big, big part of this is the play of Stanley Johnson, a guy who's come on big time. Uh, we need to see him keep up the way he's been playing lately, coming off the bench. That's going to be huge for this team. Uh, we ju- He needs to keep up because I think he's a huge part to the success of this team mm-hmm. going through this month.
1: You look after that January 9th mark, not that it's an
2: easy schedule, because you don't really have an easy
1: schedule in the NBA by any means, just in general, but there's a lot of winnable stretches, right, and, and, and streaks they could go on. After that January 9th mark You know My thing for the Pistons is That you're going to learn A lot about A. The leadership of Blake Griffin B. How much Can uh, Dwayne Casey Get out of these guys um, And C. Are we a fraud Or are, are, are We a potential Four seed in the East It's a tough schedule Good teams find a way to grind through the tough schedules. I think the Pistons have to finish 500 in this month of December to prove they can be a legitimate four seed in the East. That's not asking that much. That's really not. Just 500. You're playing Golden State without Steph Curry. No, he'll be back. By Saturday he'll be back? Steve
2: Kerr confirmed he'll be back. Tuesday or Saturday against Detroit is his return.
1: Good. Never mind. I watched that Toronto Golden State game. And Ryan, we were talking a little bit about it before going on the pod here. If you had a chance to see the end of regulation versus Toronto and Golden State, just the nasty shot that KD hit to tie it with under 10 seconds to go was just unreal. And then Serge Ibaka had a wide-open three to win the game on his home floor, completely bricked it. Toronto ended up winning in overtime, but, man, the shot KD hit was just nasty. But we'll see. You know, does Steph Curry come back, and is is he effective right away? Does he take a little time? What's his minutes look like? It's a, it's a Golden State team who will probably be sparked by his return, but he also hasn't played in some time. It might take a couple games to just get back into a flow. There's been a lack of flow in that Golden State team. I think it's a game the Pistons need to find a way to capitalize on uh, and get a victory. And you look down the month, right, with Milwaukee twice and Philadelphia twice. you got to find a way to split some of those games you, play, oh, you have to those teams play twice. You have twice. to split that. You, know, you need to split with Philly. You need to split with Boston. Uh, you need to split with Milwaukee. I guess you only play with Boston once, but you need to split with Milwaukee. Um, there's the Pacers, the Orlando, Atlanta, the Charlotte. That Charlotte series you got to sweep. Then all of a sudden, you know what? You drop a game to OKC. You drop a game You know, at Minnesota. Things happen. You can survive that. So... The Pistons have to find a way to manage a 500 record in this month of December, though, if they want to maintain as a potential four-seed in the Eastern Conference and be at least
2: somewhat of a contender to win a playoff series. I mean, you're not wrong, Brendan. That's what I think staying afloat is. That's what I think not drowning is. At least 500. I don't think that's too much to ask. It's uh, It's definitely going to be tough. No one's disagreeing with that um but if this team is for real and this team's a legit contender mm-hmm. to win a couple maybe a series or two in the playoffs you'd have to at least go you'd have to go 500 in this stretch what i'm curious about is aaron you referenced
1: that the pistons would you you don't expect them to be above 500 in the month of december so If for Ryan and I, 500 is staying afloat, what's your cap? How far are you willing to go, maybe below 500, to still accept this team as legitimate? I
0: mean, just a game or two, I think think they kind of go 500. I just don't think we should expect them to be anything better than that in the month of December. And I
1: don't. Yeah, no, I agree with you.
2: No, there's agreement all around on that, for sure. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. It's just it's going to be tough. Um I don't know, I really, 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 really want to see them do a little bit better than 500 I'm hoping for 500 Past history suggests this is going to be a tough stretch for the Pistons I'd like to believe Blake Griffin and Dwayne Casey's leadership will prove otherwise You know, maybe we could just trade like John Luer for Bradley
1: Beal And make (laughs) Pistons Twitter super, super happy And maybe the
2: Pistons will be surreal I mean, I'm still on. I'm. They don't have the pieces, but I'm still on board that they need to make a move for a more elite wing. But they don't. They don't have the assets for that kind of move Um, without trading Andre Drummond.
1: Yeah. But you can't say that. You can't say that because then you get everybody going. Oh, you can't trade Andre Drummond. Well, okay, that's fine. But you cannot upgrade then. So you're not getting anything back for Reggie Jackson, John Luer. You know, the only person that right now is becoming an asset is Stanley Johnson. Go ahead, Aaron.
0: Here's the thing. Maybe Detroit doesn't need to trade for an elite wing because they have one coming back from injury. Hello, Lufthanaar.
2: God, Aaron, you don't know how bad I want you to be right about that. I can't even explain how badly I want you to be right about that. If, if that's how that worked out... That might be the greatest day for the Pistons in 10 years. Seriously, in more. Since, I mean, if if Luke Kennard came back back and was putting up, you know, 20 a game or so, I mean, got into a groove, really found himself in the NBA, oh my gosh. That's not
0: something. How excited I am to watch him come back because I know that Luke Kennard is going to kill it. Oh, it's going
2: to be glorious. Oh, God, Aaron, I want you to be right so bad. That'd be great if that was the move. That'd be fantastic.
1: You know, I've never seen somebody so excited to watch a Grand Rapids drive game. It's like Aaron's got to be like that basketball junkie that goes to, like, Grand Valley and is just looking for a game to watch. So, like, I'm going to the drive game. Yeah. That's how Aaron is about this game tonight. (laughs) But I don't blame him. Because Luke Kennard back in action is thrilling. And, boys, if we could get him back to the Motor City, playing inside Little Caesars Arena where the ticket prices are about 40% too high, that would be great for these (laughs) Detroit Pistons.
2: It's what they need. I hope I – I'd have nothing more to say but I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope he comes back stronger, better, more focused. His shot is on. And he just has his confidence. Like Stanley's found his confidence. I hope Luke finds his confidence. Well, big game coming up for the Pistons versus the Bulls before they begin what's gonna be a
1: monstrous stretch for this Detroit Pistons team through the month of December and into the early part of January as well. So we'll be back on the air next week. We'll be able to talk about the upcoming games, the games that happen with you know Chicago, Oklahoma City, Golden State. We'll take a look ahead at the upcoming games of this December schedule as well. The Pistons, they've won 5 of 6. They're 2nd in the Central, 4th in the East. They'd like to maintain as one of those top teams in the Eastern Conference, and we will see if they can do that. So we appreciate everybody tuning into this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Before you go, don't forget, follow us on Twitter, at Palace of Pistons. You can follow Aaron, at A. Johnson NBA. You can follow Ryan, at... Ryan Pay, you can follow myself at Media Brendan, Palace Pistons on Instagram. Subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Give us a shout. Tell your friends the pod is only growing. You're a part of something special, folks. And we appreciate all of you that you give us a listen. Each and every week as we break down Detroit Pistons basketball, give our opinions, give some fact, and listen to Aaron Johnson really, really rave about Stanley, which he did not do this week actually. Kinda of surprising. But the so Pistons
0: let me, let me get that in. I have it up. I have up what I want to say. I wanna first off thank the person who tweeted it at I'm Martin. I he tweeted the stats from Stanley Johnson since getting moved to the bench. In his last ten games, Stanley Johnson has averaged eleven point two points. 3.4 rebounds, 1.5 steals per game on 47.1% shooting from the field and 37.5% shooting from the three-point line. While doing so, he's locked up the likes of Kawhi Leonard and other elite wings in the NBA. This is Stanley Johnson, folks. Stanley Johnson is here, and Stanley Johnson is unleashed. Thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast.
1: Pistons fans, we'll see you next week.